We are live. Let's go live with Jack Kelly. And today's special guest, Shelly Piedmont, career advisory guru extraordinaire. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me and happy Thursday. <laughs> My pleasure. Hey, so I know you're passionate about your candidates who come to you. And I think this is an issue or problem or concern or want from so many people is how do I pivot? How do I change course? So if you don't mind, just to open it up to share a little bit about the folks who seek out your services, who want to change and how you advise them what to do. Sure. I have a lot of people that come to me and what I hear is I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. They feel like what they're doing isn't working for them. Maybe it never worked for them, or now it's not working for them after it used to. Mm -hmm. And they want to do something else, but oftentimes they just don't know what it is. And so they come to me and say, please help. <laughs> because um, I, I want to try or, or at least explore other options. I actually I had a call with a gentleman just this week, and he said something really important. He said he was talking to, I don't know if it was his boss or a coworker, and they said something to the effect of, I've never really thought about doing anything else. And he, it was a light bulb moment, and he thought, oh, I probably should spend some time yeah. thinking about, is this what I really want to do? Or is there something else that maybe is better for me? It's interesting to go back to your first comment where some people you know, say, hey, I've never felt comfortable in my role, which is kind of sad thinking that someone's spending five, 10, 20 years and hating it. Is that, is that common, do you notice, where you just get stuck? Maybe because you get paid a certain amount, you don't want to leave, or you're just afraid to make a move? Um, yeah, I think it does happen. I mean, there are some people who are high achievers. Mm -hmm. And so they're just motivated to achieve. And so even if the job is not a good fit for them, really, um, they will just work really hard. And they will be successful just because they're very motivated to be successful, but they may not be in the right role. I often give an example of people in sales mm -hmm. that they can, you know, be really good at, um, you know, going out there and finding business and closing the deals and they can learn all about all the techniques and incorporate that. But at the end of the day, they, if you were to, you know, give them a few drinks or some truth serum, they would yeah. say, oh, I really just dislike doing this, yeah. you know? So yeah, there are some. You know, now that you brought it up, that does happen a lot. What I see as a recruiter where, you know, people... Now, let's say you're an attorney, right? And you work so hard through elementary school, middle school, high school, college, law school, you know, get to this, you know, large, prestigious law firm and you're, you're you know, working crazy hours, but you're making a, a large amount of money, but they're miserable. You know, they're completely unhappy because they have no life. They're always working. They're always under pressure. 
and they don't particularly like what they do, but they get caught in this rat race of, okay, and tell me this makes sense. If you see this with, with your, your folks, your, your clients, is that what ends up happening, and I hear this a lot, where it's hard for them to move because they say, Jack, this is like almost a quote that I hear all the time, Jack, my nut, they always use, my nut is this. I have X amount of my mortgage, X amount of this, you know, and they go through all their expenses. And it's like for every dollar they make, they're, they're spending $2. So now to make a change, they're freaked out because like, how do I make this change? Because I'm, even though I'm making, you know, 250,000, 300,000, I'm really not even saving any money. Do you, do you see that? And like, that's a real, like, that's a real thing, right? Like, how do you break out of that and have the courage to say, I'm going to step out on this, you know, on this, you know, tight wire and take my chances? Yes, that does happen. In fact, I was talking to a, a finance person, mm -hmm. excuse me, actually, um, a financial advisor, I should say. Mm -hmm. And we were talking a lot about careers and finance. And so she were, she said, I see this all the time mm -hmm. where somebody has quite a lot of expenses. And so it really ties them down to certain types of professions or work. Um, and we kind of, we talked a little bit about that and so one of my thoughts are, you know, we all make choices in our lives. So one of the things I'm a big believer of, and I know everybody can't do that, <clears throat> but if you have some savings and you kind of uh, have a rainy day fund, so to speak, um, that's going to give you a little bit more flexibility when it comes to some career pivots. So there, there's sort of that, the financial part can make that a little bit easier, but obviously for many people, that's a little bit challenging. But if you can, I would definitely do that. The second thing would be, okay, is there other things that you can do to maybe um, decrease your expenses so that a move would be more practical for you. Okay. So there's a lot of times there are some extras uh, in our budgets that are, you know, not needs, but they're wants. So the, the question then becomes, is your desire for change greater than your want for that particular thing? So there's, there's sort of that calculus going in there. The third part is don't assume that you necessarily will have to take a pay cut, okay? So it sort of depends upon what it is you would like to do instead, okay? And there are, I mean, it's a big world. There's a lot of jobs, right? There's a lot of different jobs. So it may be that you won't even have to take a pay cut. Maybe you would actually make more if you made a transition. Maybe you would end up at the same, or maybe you would need to take a pay cut, but maybe the long-term perspective on that is that you will actually end up making more money and be happier because of that switch. But oftentimes people stop at, 
I'm, I'm, this is a sunk cost, my education, everything. And mm-hmm. therefore I'm not going to even look at the other, other right. options because I don't think it's possible. Uh, so I would say you first need to do your research to figure out what are the options for you and then make your decisions based on that. Yeah, that that's really helpful. Now, what's like from a practical standpoint, if you want to, you know, pivot. So let's say, I don't know, let's say you're a stockbroker and you want to do something different, or you're an accountant or a lawyer. How do you then start laying the groundwork of saying, I'm tired of it, you know, I'm I'm depleted. I don't think I'm really adding any value anymore. I'm I'm still young enough to try something new. How do you then put that together and try to find something? So that's where most people get stuck. Mm-hmm. I know one thing <laughs> and I might be really good at that, right. but something inside of me tell, is telling me that it's not right. Okay. Well, first of all, I would say we need to, or we, as a coach, I would help, mm-hmm. but you, if you're the person, you need to do some soul searching about what is happening in your current situation. So I had a client come to me who was convinced that he needed to make a career switch. He was in a role for a while and he was very unhappy. So we actually spent some coaching time going through, figuring out, you know, what was he really good at? What did he like to do? Um, What was the environment he was in, et cetera. What became very clear as we were going through all of those steps and, and doing that analysis was it was not the job itself. He actually was in a good fitting job for his interests and his skills. The problem he had was the environment he was in and specifically his boss. Okay. So when we talked about it, it became clear he didn't need to pivot to something else. He just needed to find a similar role or using the same skills in a different organization, okay? So sometimes that happens. And it's good to know that because again, going back to your example of the lawyer, maybe it's not the law itself or the that, it could be the environment that the person is doing it in, okay? I'm really glad you brought that because that's, that's something that I think a lot of people would feel, you know, I just hate it. This is not for me. I'm getting out and not really to take the time and effort to say, wait, maybe it's not me. Maybe my boss is really a jerk. You know, maybe the company is really toxic. You know, maybe just the type of stuff that the company offers, I just don't have any connection with. So before you, yeah, so that's probably like, set, that makes a lot of that before you make a drastic move look internally and say, or maybe you just need to make a, what do you think? Like make a lateral move within the organization. Maybe just that group you're in is just not, you know, doing it for you. And you just make that move and you're just, you're happier. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Lots of times we, and I think this happens a lot for people is that something's not working. And the immediate thought is 
oh, I've got to throw everything out. I'm out of here. Yeah. Right. Like the trends, like the quiet, not even the quiet quit, like the loud quitting, the great resignation. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm out of here. That's it. You know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So when we did that exercise, what ended up happening and what I do in part of my coaching Mm -hmm. is we talk about values because values are really important to us, right? It's our why, why Mm -hmm. we get up and go to work or go to our office if we're working from home. It's what makes us feel like what we're doing makes a difference, right? And so we all have different values. And oftentimes you'll find that when there's a disconnect, it can be that your values are being violated, okay? Now, it can be violated at different levels within the organization. So in this case, it was the manager violating mm-hmm. violating that. But it could be the type of work you're doing. Maybe you're being asked to do things or the type of work you're doing is kind of sleazy and that doesn't feel right to you, <laughs> you know? Um, Uh, It could be at the corporate level, just the corporation or the organization Mm -hmm. operates and does things that you do not agree with or doesn't feel right. So knowing that, I think it's really important, one, to see if in that case, as we talked about, you said maybe going to a different role, different manager might solve that problem right there. Maybe it is then or going to a different organization that is structured differently, has different culture, that might work as well, you know, or it could be the type of work you're doing just is not a good fit because it doesn't fit your values. And so then it might be exploration of what else there might be for that. That makes a lot of sense. And then do you suggest, is there like, I don't want to say a test to do, but is there like a way you could see what are my skills and then figure out, like maybe have a list of your different skills and then see how can that transfer over to something else? So um, I am a certified UMAP coach. Uh, I decided to get- Wait, certified- what, what is that? Well, I, I'm not familiar with that designation. Okay, you can see it in the background because I have my UMAP <laughs> book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I see it, right. Um, It's a program, Kristen Sherry developed this program. And as a coach, uh, when I read this book, it just, it, it felt right, right? I was helping people through these career pivots and I read that and I said, oh, this is a really great tool to help people really to, to get through kind of all that chaos. What do I do? How does this make sense? And really kind of lay out who you are to understand who you are. And then as a coach, I can really help you say, well, okay, where is the disconnect here? And and what might be a good path for you? So that program has some assessments as part of it. Um, So This program looks at your strengths. That's the innate skills, excuse me, not skills, strengths, Mm -hmm. innate abilities that you possess, that you were probably born with, that you do, and people around you are always amazed 
because you do these things so well and you don't even think about it. You feel like it's natural where these other people are like, whoa, I can't do that. So again, when you are working in your strengths, you usually feel very engaged in what you do. You do really good work, high work, uh, high level work. Um, and it's usually something you enjoy. So knowing that is really important. Okay. So we use Clifton Strengths to help identify that. With it. Would that be not to interrupt, but would that be something just this might not be a great example, but let's say you're a real estate agent and you're a good real estate agent and you sell a lot of homes, but for whatever reason you're just burnt out, you don't want to do it. Can you then take your sales skills, that innate, whether it's innate ability to sell and schmooze and you know, get people to do what you want to do, or maybe you've honed it over the years of being a real estate person. And then maybe say, hmm, if I could do that, maybe I can now, I don't know, sell securities, sell whatever, fill the, you know, and just maybe a higher margin thing or something that you really connect with. Maybe you're just, you're selling houses and you're like, I don't care about a house, but if I could sell this, it's kind of cool. Is that what you mean? Like, so you, you take that and say, wait, that's my core thing. My identity isn't a real estate agency. My identity is I really know how to interact with people. I know how to engage with people. I could communicate well, and I have really good selling skills. Yeah, I don't have to be a real estate person. I could use that somewhere else. Is that kind of what you mean? So you could, in in the Clifton Strengths, you find, well, maybe I'm really good at executing, Mm -hmm. and I've got really great strengths in executing. Okay, well, you can execute generally in a lot of different ways, right? Or I am really good at persuasion. Okay, but maybe I have great persuasion skills, but also I have good, like, thinking skills. I am, I can innovate and I am a futurist and I can do those things. Well, okay, then I can combine those, right? Because I think of all these wonderful things and then I can persuade people. Well, what kind of opportunities would be for that? Okay. And then you've got something that you can go to market with (laughs) because you can say, hey, these, these are strengths of me. I can do these better than a lot of people. And if you need this, I'm your person, right? Because it's less, de- the success may be less dependent on, yeah, I was in real estate, more so I have these strengths that I can use in different environments. And Shelly, I think, I think it's, some people call it like uh, skill stacking, right? Or st- skill stacking or something to that effect where you take, I have sales experience, I have persuasion skills, but then maybe I also very good at, you know, execution and project managing. I'm just putting, you know, some disparate things together and say, hey, with those, what can I do to build off of that? And then to take what you're saying to the next level, Shelly, do you then, if let's say you look for a job, put those skills like in quotes, let's say you're like on LinkedIn, you're going to do a search for a job. Do you then put in like sales, persuasion, you know, um, project management, what have you, and then see like what jobs come up. And then you can say, oh, huh, I never thought of this kind of job. This is really interesting. Is that? Yes, you actually can do that because then you would be looking for the type of opportunities that are going to be asking for the things that you do well. 
right? So yeah, it gives you, when you know that, then it gives you uh, a really direction mm -hmm. then on how to figure out what it is, what it is that you want to do. So, or even what you want to do, what are the opportunities? What are, what are the options out there? Now, not all of them are going to be something that you are potentially interested in. I mean, the thing with a career pivot, you have to like, where are you? You mentioned, what are my expenses? Where am I located? What's my timeline? There's a lot of variables that go into it, but at least you can start brainstorming mm -hmm different options that would be a good fit for you. And that's the important thing, because then if you could do those things, which you enjoy doing and you're good at, mm -hmm. then you're probably going to be happier in your roles. Well, how about this? Now, you may be surprised by this, but guys tend to have big egos. I know it's shocking. I know that's a crazy thing, <laughs> but is it, how do you deal with that ego issue where let's say you were super successful in being an accountant, lawyer, doctor, Indian chief, whatever it is, right? Like super successful, you're well-known in your space, you know, people respect you, but like you're done and you move it and want to pivot and move on. But then you might have to start at the ground floor. And for a lot of people that the mental hit, the ego hit is rough. Like, do you help coach people? Like, how do you brush that off? So that's part of your values, right? Uh-huh. So status. Yes. Title. Things like that would be. And it's real though, right? Because like you go to a party and they say, hey, Jack, what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing. And like, let's say now this is the new pivot that is like 10 steps lower. And then you're afraid like, oh, okay. And then they will kind of just go to their spouse or whatever. God, I think Jack is not doing too well. I can't. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, come on, it's this is the real world. So what, like, how do, yeah, what do you do, like, to 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 well, kind of keep your ego in check? Well, I think that when you go back to your values, mm -hmm. then that that's helpful. That's a good yeah. guide, right? So if you don't have status in your values then right. you would that, that that's a good pointing out to say well you know what that's not really what is your why yeah so your why might be i community or my why might be trust and respect or whatever it might be for them meaningful work so that's really your driver not these other things now but if I was seeing somebody who said status, that was one of their whys, mm -hmm. and then we would have conversation about it. Okay, so what does that mean for you? Let's talk about it because status could mean different right. things for different people. And is that something that is so important to you that you would only take an occupation that has in your mind status? I said, okay, that's you. There's no right or wrong. Right. But then you have to know what's that might limit you in some ways. But if you're okay with that, because that's your why, then you work with what you got, right? Yeah. See, I would, I would, I would suggest I've no data to back this up, you know. But I, you know, I don't want to be encumbered by facts. So let's put that aside. It seems like a lot of people do seek out companies and jobs 
colleges because it has that you know prestige status focus and they crave that you know and it's and if you don't have it you feel like you're you know you're like i don't say a loser but you know less than you know where you could could be or should be well i would say sometimes that's not the person mm -hmm. that's their family and friends 100 percent, absolutely absolutely so, that's a push from those people in their lives and that's their values but oftentimes it's not the person's values right um and that's why i love going through the value statement because then we really kind of can can parse that out uh, but there there definitely are people that that is their value and so okay if that is their value then we that's their why so they need to be in the type of roles where they feel that that status is being you know nurtured that they they have it um and as i say nothing wrong with that but it if you only have a limited number of occupations that you feel are of status <laughs> then that just limits you can we, can we go dial back just for a sec? Because it, it was very interesting when you mentioned a lot of times the values aren't yours. It's what your parents, family, friends, neighbors, you know, and such put on you and put the pressure on you. And I, I'm curious what you think about it, but I feel that there's an awful lot of people who relent to that parental pressure, peer pressure, family pressure to do X, whatever it may be, right? And they do it and they hate what they do and they're unhappy what they're doing, but then they make money doing what they're doing and they're trapped and they're miserable. And I don't want to go off like on, on, a, on a tangent again, but I, I think that's why you have a lot of Americans who are like unhappy because they're doing a job day in, day out that they feel miserable about and they feel pressured to stay and do it because how are people going to think of me if I don't keep doing it? And and then you come home to your family and you're cranky and you're ornery and you're upset and you take it out on the kids and your partner, your spouse, right? Do, am, I, am I crazy or that like, is that? A, no, you're not right? crazy. I think a lot of people end up in careers yeah. two ways, two yeah. reasons. One is uh, they're pushed. Yeah. You should be a doctor or you should mm. be a lawyer mm -hmm. or you should be this. Okay, so there's an expectation uh, that's associated with that. And so a lot of time, especially when you're young, you don't know any different. It's like, sounds good to me. So we <laughs> yeah. kind of go down that path. Um, I find also the other area that ends up happening is uh, people don't know what, to, what they want to do. And so they end up well, especially if they're at the college level, I'll just take a bunch of classes and see what, <laughs> what interests me. And so they end up in a major. And sometimes it's just because they're really good at that, but not necessarily particularly interested in it. And so then they graduate and then they're like, well, what do I do with this major? Okay, well, okay, I got to figure this out. And so sometimes then they go down that route. So they end up in things that really weren't good fit for from the beginning. Or another thing happens is 
first jobs. How do people find first jobs? Oftentimes it's because they put in the application, it sounded good, go and they, they get this job. And often then that leads them to a path and they get to a point and they're like, well, you know what, I never really liked this job, but I kept on getting promoted. I was getting more money. And so now I'm here and now I'm thinking, oh gosh, I can't do this for another 10, 20, 30 years. That will like kill me. So I think that there's like different ways that that happens. I don't think we do a good job uh, in this country and probably other countries as well in terms of helping people really understand who they are and then thinking about careers that are good fits for that 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 type of person and that skills and and those strengths. I don't think we do a good job of that. Um, and so that's why I have so many people I think get stuck. I agree. Think about it. how often things go in trends, right? And it could be where everybody, all your cohorts are going on Wall Street because that's the hot thing. That's a sexy thing now. That's the cool thing. And you don't really know what you want to do, but you see all your friends go in that direction. And then you're like, all right, I'll, I'm not sure what to do. I'll go along. So you have no connection to it. You know, you don't love it, but like everyone else is doing it. And I don't know what else to do. So I'll go along with it. And then five years later, we go to the beginning of the conversation we have. Is that like, all right, I'm five, six, 10 years in. And I never even planned for this. I just followed my buddies who did it. And now like, I hate it, right? So that, that's another thing, right? You just kind of like, like sleepwalk into this. And then you wake up 10 years later, like what the heck, what just happened here? And then hey, this goes back to what, 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 you know, we were talking about is that then what do I do now? Like 10 years later, I don't want to do this for another 10 years. Yeah. I don't think I can take it for another 10 years. Right. So for those people, like, you know, I, and I know I kind of disrupt you a little bit with kind of going down some different directions, but I think that's helpful to kind of give color to, to, you know, different kind of stuff, but like, are, is it possible? How long can it take? Um, is it for everybody to make a pivot or do you even have to like reinvent yourself and just like start from like square one rebuilding everything? So that's a lot of questions. <laughs> right, throw in. You don't have to answer all of those. <laughs> and so, um, I have had five career pivots. Really? Okay. In my life. Yeah. Um, so my first career pivot sort of was like what you were explaining first. My parents were entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and they kind of were like, you know, that's a tough life. So they were like getting a stable job was really <laughs> a, a interesting yeah. uh, interest for them. And so my first job out of uh, college was working for the government. I worked for the Department of Labor. So you go right safety, right? Like go from yeah, entrepreneur a, to like the safest thing ever. Like you As know. safe as yeah. you can get, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, good benefits. It's all good. You know kind of right. how you're going to uh, progress in your career. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. it. Now I know. I didn't really realize it at the right. time. I knew I hated it, but I didn't know why. Yeah. I know why now, because it was so against my strengths. Really? It okay. Was. 
So I was smart enough to think I'm, I'm just not doing this for the rest mm -hmm. of my life. Cause there were a lot of people in my group who did this their entire life. And I was like, Oh, that my just... parents did that. They were teachers for like 30, 40 years. Yeah. And so I said, Oh, I got to figure out what else to do. And so I did, I did a, a total um, pivot um, on that. Um, so, you know, I think for some people, <clears throat> I think going through an exercise of let's look at the options here mm -hmm. is really a good one because you may decide, you know what, after I've looked at all my options, this is probably better for me. Then you take away all of that angst. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you have about, I need to make a pivot. I need to do all this. Then you could just kind of relax and say, I've looked at it, looked at all my options. And honestly, this is the best one, at least for right now where I am. So I'm not going to worry about that. I'm just going to just continue to do what I'm doing. Okay. And then you usually you'll feel a little bit better because you've actually done that exercise to figure it out. Okay. If you say, oh, no, this is really not, then you have to think about, okay, what is, what do I, what's the next thing? What's the, what's the path to that? Now, depending on kind of what you've looked at and your research, research is really important here. So a lot of people miss that step. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to step back because you really need to research. If you think you would be interested in a different path, well, what is that about? What's the pros? What's the cons? How do people get into these type of roles? And do your research. Then you have the information then to decide, okay, am I willing to do that? Or am I not willing to do that? And it's okay to say, you know what, to do that, I'm going to have to get a master's degree in whatever. And I'm not willing to do that. Mm -hmm. That's fine. There's not a problem with that. Okay. Now, potentially, is there other ways to get into it? That's where your research is going to help you because you can then talk to people in those roles and figure out how they did it. But if what they're telling you based on their experience doesn't jive with what you want to do, then you throw it out. No worries. Okay. It just is not going to work for you right now. But if you, do all that and you find that there is a path you want to go. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, the hardest thing from a career change is to change your industry and to change your role. Because usually you'll have networks in either your roles, <laughs> different, you know, in different companies or organizations, or you'll have also contacts in the same industry, maybe in different roles. But doing a complete change is more challenging. So you have to anticipate it's going to take you a while. This is not something usually, unless you're really lucky, that you can do like really, really quickly. Because your traditional ways of, of getting into the job market or, and the tools that you would use, like applying online, 
are really not going to work well for you because people are looking at, do you have this experience in this role? And you will not have that, but you will have a lot of transferable skills, which actually may end up being more valuable to that organization. So people that want to do that type of career change, you really need to network because you need to be able to convince a hiring manager that because even though you don't have specific experience, what you have actually is going to be more valuable. And there's going to be the trust factor, people knowing you, people talking with you, making sure your personal brand is actually reflecting not what you're doing, but what you want to do, all those need to be taken into account. So it, I always tell people, you know, you're going to have to pack your patience. It's probably not going to happen overnight, but if you continually work at it, work your network, do the things that you need to do uh, if you need to get some additional skill sets, um, that's what it will take. But what's the result? If you can move into that role and that really would be a better fit that will make your life so much better. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, what's unfortunate is that going back to some things you're saying, it would be great. Some colleges have these co-ops where let's say you're interested in whatever it may be. You could take a co-op for a month, two months, whatever it may be, and kind of get a good experience and say, oh, wow, I thought I would love being a software engineer, but no, this is not for me or you know, I thought I would love doing whatever it might be. And you kind of find out early on, which it'd be great if they would do that across the board so that people, now it's not perfect, but at least you have a little flavor before you jump into it to see what it's like. The other thing, it's so frustrating too. Um, and this could seem like, like archaic, but like have apprenticeships. Like how cool would that be? Is that let's say you want to pivot and you, but you're not really sure. And if you take an apprenticeship somewhere, you know, like you have in the trades, but let's say you're white collar and say, hey, I think I want to do this. Can I just tag along? And you know, even if I don't get paid just to see, is this for me? And, and learn by watching others. I, it would be lovely, right? Wouldn't that be great if that would, I've seen some of it, some colleges have it, but just a few apprenticeships, not really that much. But things like that, have you seen other stuff like that out there that people could almost try before you buy? You know, there's not a lot of formal programs yeah. for that. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I, I know some people have tried working in uh, volunteer capacities mm -hmm. sometimes when they want to try something a little bit different mm -hmm. and to see in that type of environment, it's not exactly the same, but they can at least potentially get a flavor of, mm -hmm. of what it is um, that they're trying to do. Generally, if it's a type of job, um, lots of times volunteer organizations will, you know, kind of let you <laughs> help out and, and you can certainly continue to uh, add, you know, different responsibilities. So I've seen that and that is, can sometimes be helpful for people if they want to say, oh, you know, I want to switch from 
I don't know, accounting to marketing, for example, mm. but I don't, you know, I'm not doing any marketing in my accounting right. position. So, uh, you know, but let's see kind of how that works. And would that even be interesting for me? Yeah. You know, there's something where, and again, this is not very common, but uh, a concept called like uh, job crafting, so that in your own company, if you feel you're thwarted, you're unhappy, like we're talking about, you want to pivot, but you don't want to leave because you like the company to go to your manager and say, Hey, I like the company. I like you. I like everything. I just need to do something different. Can I work on and then lay out here's some stuff I would like to take on and see if I could ultimately move into a different direction within organization, which could be, I think a little easier for people to manage than to quit your job and then start over. Have you seen folks do that? Well, interesting you say that because right before we got on this live, I got an email from a, a woman that I worked through this process with. Mm -hmm. And she, uh, it re we realized that the, the vast majority of her role was not really aligned with her strengths. Mm -hmm. It was more process oriented, more project management. Yeah. And she has really great thinking skills and ideas. Right. Um, and she's really good. She also has good persuasion skills. Um, now, interesting, she said she's had some talks with her boss uh, to, you know, saying that this role wasn't feeling right for yeah. her. And the boss was very supportive. And so one of the things that um, she is going to do is talk to her boss about maybe getting additional project work that will actually be more aligned with her strengths and her skills. That way she can actually get more exposure to some of these areas. Um, she feels a little bit challenged because the types of jobs she, she's had haven't really been allowing her to do some of the things that she knows that she does really well. So in this case, it would be a stepping stone to trying those things. And obviously ha if mm -hmm. having success, then she could use them to potentially change jobs or even uh, her job might be reworked to actually incorporate more of that. So yes, I think if you can do that and you have a good relationship um, with your boss who's supportive in your growth, that would be ideal because, you know, lots of times they want to keep you and they want to make you happy. And if you can add value in different ways, that, that would be helpful to them. This is cool how like we could brainstorm ideas, right? Right on the, yeah. right, you know, as we're talking, because as, as you're, you're, you're going through it, I'm thinking that's like, so much less friction to do it that way and it takes the risk from people away so that you know rather than saying oh, oh my god oh my god i gotta make this move and i'm scared and i'm worried and I'm worried about the status and worried about not getting paid as much well you could do it internally they know you you know them if you make a mistake in the new job they're going to understand because they know you so that I would, you know, I would suggest, I don't, it sounds like you might agree with me that maybe that could be the first step if you have everything lined up, because maybe you don't have the relationship with the boss. Maybe you don't have, you know, share the values, but assuming you do, that might be the first step to see, because this way you dip your toe in the water and get a feel for it. 
And then maybe you love it and stay at the company or you learn all those skills. And then when you're ready to pivot, you already got those skills. <laughs> it's like a very easy way to, to a new type of job. Yeah. yeah. And, and the other thing I was thinking back of what you were saying, and I really appreciate you sharing your story that you've had a number of pivots because you know I was thinking about it so that to match expectations from people, it sounds like you've had several pivots so that maybe the first time you pivot, it works, but then maybe it might take two or three till you find that right thing, right? Just like a job. You might not get that job right away that you love. It may take a couple of times till you kind of, and I see this in resumes so often, Shelly, where a person might have like a job for like three, six months a year, then another one for three, six months a year, whatever, another, because they just can't find the niche. But then the next 10 years, like just really staying there, growing organically, because now they found it. And then I find it the other way around too. Someone's like 10 years doing something and then they make moves and then it just takes two, three, four, five times to kind of find where they are. Then they do find what they like. And now it's, they're growing within the organization. So for people watching this, tell me if I'm fair and I'm representing what you're saying or, or taking a, a step from what you're saying is that be prepared, you know, hopefully you can make that pivot and it works right away, but if not, not to get discouraged because, you know, it's life, you know, so it doesn't hit right away. Sometimes it takes a few different times, you know, sometimes you get knocked down, you pick yourself up, you try again until you find it. Is, is that right? Does that make sense? Yeah. And also I would say there are seasons in your life. Mm -hmm. So sometimes things will work out in one season of your life but they don't work out mm -hmm. in another season of your life. And so, and that's okay. Cause we, we, we grow. I mean, uh, a job that works well when you're single may not work well for you when you have a spouse and little children, uh, you just have different responsibilities and um, your values might change a little bit because of that. And that's okay. So you, you know, you just take where you are at, at the time. And yes, you can, you can work it. Right. Now, one of the things that you mentioned, Jack, that I, I, I know, because <laughs> I used to be an H in HR director. Yeah. And so what I would see a lot is people fleeing a role, mm -hmm. not having done this work. They know what they don't want. Mm -hmm. And so they correct for what they don't want, but it, then that opens up a bunch of other problems, right? And so they get into this new job right. and then they're like, you know, two or three months in and going, oh, this is not, this is not yeah. good, you know? So I always encourage people, if you're feeling this way, don't... <laughs> Don't, your priority should not be, I need to get out of this situation. Right. Your priority should be, I need to recognize what is the best role for me, best organization, what aligns well, and move towards that. That will bring you greater success. That's really smart, right? Because too often you see people, they run away from what they don't like. And then they go somewhere else and they realize I'm back in the same thing all over again. Cause yeah. I didn't really think of what do I want and do they offer. I just wanted to get the heck away. So right. yeah, that's so smart. Hey, 
when you mentioned about seasons, it brought something up. There's this guy, a uh, Harvard professor, Albert Brooks. I might be kind of like that might not be exact name. I don't I can't remember off the top of my head. And he's the happiness professor over at Harvard, right? And his thing is this, he had a you know, very nice career. I guesstimate he's late 50s, mid to late 50s. And his take is this, hey, I'm at the point in my life now, I feel comfortable with my achievements. And you're not talking about a billionaire person or anything like that, you know, just do, you know, did fairly well. And, um, and now I'm in the season, and this is what made me think of it, of like giving back. So everything I've learned along the way, I really don't have the stamina because like you're like you're different seasons of your career. So like he's saying, I'm over here. I just don't have the energy I had when I was 20, 25 or 30. I can't do the same things. And if I pretend to do the same things or try to do the things, it's just not going to work. I'm just going to not be as competitive. I'm going to be miserable because I, so I got to shift a little bit, but I have all this to offer. You know, I have, and then like he would list like all the things he's done and how he could share that with other people through writing, through podcasts, through, you know, TED Talks, what have you. And so he reinvented himself and pivoted to say, all right, I can't do all the stuff I did before when I was this hard charging corporate guy, but now I can through teaching, through lecturing, you know, through writing, through podcasts. And he feels very fulfilled because he took all the, and this is exactly what you, we were talking about, like the start of the conversation. So he took all those skills that he has, realized that he can't do, so for him, maybe a little different feeling, like I, I just can't do it anymore. Not that I hate it. I just don't have the strength, the energy, and I'm at a certain age, so I could understand that. I feel that. So, you know, then I'm going to, but I could take all that and do something else and really provide value to people and still have a career that I enjoy. So that's something else, right? Something else people could think about, you know, different times of their lives. Like sometimes their lives, I don't care. I just want to make money and I got to make something happen. Other times it could be on the other end of the spectrum. Like this guy was like, hey, I, I want to give back. And by giving back, that's going to give me enjoyment. And also it gives me a kind of a, a source of, you know, a living still that in doing something I really enjoy. Oh, sure. There was one time um, I had two little children. Mm -hmm. And um, so I actually, um, I was a corporate recruiter and uh, I ended up with, when I had these small children, I took a step back. Um, I took a, I think it was 25 hours a week job. Mm -hmm. um, I was doing recruiting in a call center. <clears throat> okay. Very different than what I was doing before. Uh, hourly positions, mm -hmm. it was a, a lot of churn, right? right. Um, now, people might go, well, why did she do that? Well, because for me, my values at the time was to spend more time with my young children, but I still wanted to be in the game. You know, and I, I thought, well, I can contribute here. Uh, and so I did that for a number of years until my youngest was in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And then my season changed. And so then I picked up and I, I went and, and got another full-time job that was more at what I was doing before. But yeah, so seasons change and that's okay. Again, trying to figure out how it works for you, how you can you know provide value that makes you engaged. I think all of that is, is very important. 
you know, I'll tell you it's kind of sort of similar story in that you have, you know, had an off big office in Manhattan, rent is crazy, you know, payroll are huge. And, you know, from starting up a business, you know, I've been doing it 20 plus years from starting a business, running it, you know, it just, it consumes everything. Your parents were entrepreneurs, so you could appreciate this. It's like, that's it. That's your life. You know what I mean? Like, that's your other kid. That's your, you don't want to admit it that way, but it is like that business is your, your other baby, your other child. And you put so much time and effort into it. And literally and figuratively, there was a sign in my neighborhood. I was driving, we were driving somewhere with my son, Jake. And I saw the sign on like just one of the, uh, like the only like office building in my town. And it said rent, you know, for rent. And I said, Jake, let's go in and take a look. We took a look and like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to downscale, you know, from Manhattan, come out here to Westfield, New Jersey. And it meant, I knew this meant I was going to take a big hit financially because you're not in Manhattan. This is pre-COVID, you know? So like, you're not going to be able to see all these people, go out for drinks, go out for dinner. But if I, it, it, it's like, I had that, like that shock. Hey, if I don't do this now, my kids are going to go off to college. And all they're going to do is remember this cranky guy who would come <laughs> home from work. And like his entrepreneur parents, I bet you like you could empathize with it, like who would just be cranky and irritable and whatever. And that's all they're going to know. And I had this like, like visceral fear. I don't want that. So like, it was great. So then I was able to drive my kids to school, pick them up, see all the events, coach all the different teams. And I made a value decision. I'm going to put aside you know, losing clients, losing, you know, income, but I, it was more important to me to, to be there for them, you know? So those are the things. Yeah. That, right. That like, we're talking about that are tough decisions to make sometimes, but then sometimes like you feel you have no choice because you know, it's the right thing to do, even if it's going to, you know, you know, hurt your financial, but then it goes down to values. What's more important, like your family, like you're taking care of your kids instead of just, you know, putting them in daycare all the time, which you could have, and that's fine too, but you make a decision. I felt better doing this and I felt more real by, by, by watching, you know, your kids and not, you know, in, in the formative years and myself saying, Hey, before it's too late to, to make up for lost time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so when they were grown, I don't know how old they are, but you know, then you have different choices. Yeah. So you can do totally different things at that point. But I think, yes, knowing your values, I think is really, really helpful to give you direction on what you really should be doing that aligns with that. I agree. Understanding your innate strengths. Um, you know, I, we also talk about skills. Um, so things that your abilities and things you learn, but there's some skills that you want to do and mm -hmm. some skills you don't really want to do that we call them burnout skills yeah like I'm, i i can do it really well but not interested <laughs> you know and then just your personality based interests so mm -hmm. you know are you a creative person or are you a person that's more entrepreneurial are you a person that likes to organize things mm -hmm. you know or do you like to work with your hands None of them's right, none is wrong, but understanding that can also help you right. lead you to the right direction. That's great. Are there any questions like I didn't ask you that you want to share or any new projects or things that you have in the works you want to tell people about? 
Oh, we covered a lot. Okay. Um, just, <laughs> um, so and, and kind of in a different vein. Yeah. Um, I am working on an online course that I'm going Great. to have out soon. I don't have a launch date yet. Um, and so this is to help people talk about their value. Uh, and so a lot of people don't really know how to properly prepare for interviews and how to understand what that employer really is looking for. And so, and then when you know what they're looking for, then you know how to talk about what it is they want, what, what they need to hear, how they need to hear it. So, um, this course will give some pointers on how to do that. It sounds great. And for people who want to find you, what's the best email, LinkedIn, Twitter? How can people kind of, you know, get in touch with you, Shelly? Um, I'm on LinkedIn. You'll find me at Shelly Piedmont. Uh, I am on Twitter as well, uh, Shelly Piedmont. And uh, you can always go to my website. Um, I rebranded earlier this year. So it's mycareergps.com. Perfect. Well, thank you. Hey, I really appreciate you taking the time because I think this is such an important topic because so many people, you know, post pandemic are in this spot. Like, Hey, I don't know if I want to do this for the next five, 10, 20 years. I don't know if I can do this for five, 10, and they don't know what to do and they need some guidance. So I think you did a master class and just walking through it's possible Here's what you can do. And you let, you know, you gave actionable advice step by step what to do, despite my interrupting with like my little dopey stories and tangents, but you're able to lay out what they need to do and how to do it. So I think this is going to help a lot of people who are watching now. But then also as we replay it and repost it and up more people see it, I think for a lot of folks who are struggling, this is going to give them some answers. So I really appreciate it. And I think you're going to help a lot of folks, Shelly. So thanks so much. Oh, you're very welcome. It was a pleasure. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks.